podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's theovernight.org or 888-843-6837. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. Delighted, as always, on a Tuesday um, after a Celtic victory at the weekend to be joined by Lawrence Conley at the bottom there, sporting a rather nice that a tank top or something you've got on, Lawrence. I like the pattern in it, mate. It's just a, just a polo shot. Just a polo. I like the pattern in it. You couldn't tell what team you support at all with it. And Patrick, over there to my, what be my right-hand side, looking at the screen. Gentlemen, how are you on this rather kind of deep Tuesday? We've had a nice weather, it seems to have passed now. Patrick, still sunny in Eddingston, or is it much the same as here? No, the, the sunshine went away on Sunday night with the thunder and lightning. Um, absolutely chucked it down yesterday. And fuck, it's okay today, it's bright enough, but I can't see that lasting. Lawrence with the shorts on at the weekend? Mate, just when Patrick's saying thunder and lightning, I know it was Friday, mate. Celtic's attack. You know, two overhead kicks, goal scoring centre half. Jeez. What a weekend, eh? What, what a, a weekend, eh? Yep, thunder and lightning, at 12 o'clock at Rugby Park, and then later on at night. Um, just to quickly ask you, Lawrence, here, Alan's asking in the comments, what time is the tee off? So you already get a paste in for that, uh, that polo shirt number. Oh, I think it's quite nice. I think it's rather trendy. Don't know if I'd pull it off myself, Patrick, but hey, hope. Um, so let's go right back to, to Sunday afternoon, Rugby Park. Um, you know, Patrick, I think first of all, we knew the conditions were going to be poor. Um, the manager touched on it was going to be a dry surface. We already know that AstroTurf at the best of times difficult, never mind when it's not been watered. It was absolutely boiling hot. Um, I think anybody who was in that Chadwick stand alone with my tail will tell you it was roasting. And, you know, uh, the referee didn't give us too much in favour, but we we just blew Kamarnak out the, the water and really 5-0, I think, was a fair reflection of the game. It could have probably been a lot more. Yeah, we didn't really need any, any sort of, not favours from the referee, but obviously the usual incompetence. And um, it didn't really affect us because we were so good. I mean, the first goal was incredible. Um, you know, Taylor's pass um, up to Maeda. And Maida sort of, he's a lot more inside than what he would have been. I think under, you know, Rodgers and Lennon, our wingers would hug the touchline, whereas Maida's getting into that space between the full-back and the centre-half, and then he's just playing a, a straightforward ball to Kyogo, who slots it in the net. And, you know, McInnes might say that the keeper should be making a better save, or, you know, the, his players should do better, but the truth is, Celtic are on fire at the weekend, and... 
you know, he never likes giving us any credit. I don't think he's ever given us credit. We've beaten him about 20 times in his career and he's never given us credit once. But um, no, I think Celtic were phenomenal. And another goal of the season contender from uh, Jota. Yeah, but we'll get to that Jota goal. Just like Kyogo arriving through the middle of the defenders, Natasha arrives on your screen. Um, Patrick there doing his dies in Maeda and teeing the ball up. Natasha, you don't have any uh, funky polo shirts on like Lawrence here. He's already had a bit of a pasting. How are you doing this Tuesday and how is the weather through on the other side of Scotland? I am good and I think I want to stick up for Lawrence here as I come in slightly late. I think that's a great poll you've got on Lawrence, so don't pay attention to any of the comments. That's fantastic. Um, Natasha, and I, I liked it that much. I bought it. <laughs> I only feel underdressed now that I've come here in a, a black t-shirt when you guys are all looking very green and splendid. Um, just as splendid as the day was at the weekend, wasn't it? A beautiful day at Rugby Park, if not too hot, actually. Um, I don't know where you were sitting, Dick, but certainly down in the, the front few rows very much. We were up in the shade. We went for the shaded area. I would have mind a, a sub with you at half time actually because uh, well it was nice for the first five minutes it then became far too hot so I do have sympathies for the players out on the pitch because it was a hot one um, but very enjoyable nonetheless yeah it was a hot, hot one then we had hot enough to drink out of toilets or not at all not, not at all not at all um, we actually had Stephen Welsh up beside us for the first half who was taking in the, the game it was quite nice to see him and amongst the Celtic support because I, I couldn't help but notice we were in, in fashion sense. You know, Big Ange had taken the suit jacket, there was no jumper on, just a shirt on. And if you looked over towards you, actually see it in your uh, video at the end, Natasha, you get the Celtic directors and they're all splendid and just their, their white shirts as if it was a kind of a trend going on there with them. But, you know, Patrick, you were talking about Derek McInnes not giving us any praise, Lawrence. I'm going to switch this one over to you. I thought Derek McInnes looked a bit like a PE teacher at the weekend with the shorts and the, the t shirt on. Yeah, look, listen, I don't know, Patrick's saying he doesn't give as much credit, but, you know, he's got to look to, to sort his own problems, uh, hasn't he? You know, and I don't think, you know, come on, obviously he couldn't live with us. It's, uh, yeah, I, he's got a lot of problems to sort out there, I, I think, but I don't think it really mattered who we'd have been playing in the league with a one-out worthy winners against any other team in, in, in Scotland, the, the way we were performing that day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll leave kind of Derek McInnes's defensive frailties and moaning about players not being switched on and you know considering what he described as as poor goals um, t- to one side. The, the, Natasha, we'll come to you in this one. Um, first of all, you know Greg Taylor get man of the match at the end of the game. I've also the post match interview. We heard the nice things that Jota had to say about his fellow teammate. But you know it says everything about the way that we play football, the way that the system is, that there's Taylor in the middle of the park to play that splitting ball to Maeda, which is something that's becoming really repetitive in Ange's parts of play. The ball goes out of the winger, um, he completely splits the defence open and Kyogo just arrives right between the two centre-halves and slots it past Big Walker um, to put his 1-0 up. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? What a ball that was. Um, a really good pass. It's the sort of football we enjoy watching um, and it's the sort of football we're seeing more and more of from Celtic. But in terms of Greg Taylor... You know, it's great for us as a team and as a set of fans that he's playing as well as he is. But above that, I'm just really happy for Greg. Um, you know, it's been no secret that he was very much lambasted as a bit of, you know, a weak link last season um, by a large section of the, the support. And I don't know, I probably myself had, had pointed to him as a slight weak link last season, saying that he was probably the area we needed to improve on the most. Left back was perhaps a bit of a weak spot. And all credit to Greg, you know, it's not like he won't read all these comments, you know, but he's just continued to get better and better every single game. Um, And then we started last season talking about how he always turned up in big games, um, particularly, you know, the Rangers games and some of the European games, things like that. He was playing really well. And he's just really continued that top form into this season. Um, I don't think it would have been unfair to say that he's been player of the match in every game we've played so far this season. I think he has been that good. Um, So I'm just really pleased at his performances that at that level you know we're talking about a guy who had to turn off his social media comments last season because he was getting such a hard time um and now this season he's getting inundated with messages to turn them back on so we can all tell him how much we love him so there's a real you know 180 from from greg and it reminds me a little bit of, of what ralston did um mm. You know, when he started coming into the team at the the start of last season, um, again, he was pointed as, you know, not being 
the quality we were looking for, not quite up to the standard we were looking for, an area we needed to improve in. Um, Juranovic comes in, and again, all credit to Tony, he just got on with his job and gave 110% in every game, and that's what Greg's done so far at the start of this season. Um, and it's going to be very difficult to, to take that shirt off him because I think he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been absolutely excellent. Um, a real, you know, breath of fresh air. I was listening also, you know, James McFadden was talking about Jota after the game and all we're only three games into this season, but he was saying even now that he thinks he's improved. We're only three games into a brand new season just because he's got his future sorted out. He's committed his Celtic Celtic. Obviously, Greg Taylor did that a long time ago, but um, yeah, you're seeing improvement in our players very early on in the season and that's a real good sign um, going forward. Patrick, you know, while we were talking about Dyson Maida, there are two assists for him at the weekend. I, I saw, you know, on the way down in the car to Rugby Park, there was, you know, as usual, parts of Twitter, there can be things that divided. And I was quite taken aback that people were, were questioning Ange playing Dyson Maida from the start. Personally, I think he's very important to the system that we want to play as a team. Um, he was a real integral part of the team that went on to win the league last season. And, you know, we're, we're not going to chop and change people for, for what Ange, I think, described as, you know, kind of flow moments in the game, as in a bad as goal at Ross County. It wasn't enough for Ange to say, OK, I'm going to drop Maeda and bring in a, a badder. I think Maeda, once again at the weekend, just showed how important he is to the system. And anybody probably question that at the start of the game or eating their own words after the first half had probably ended. Yeah, for sure. And I think there was a few people questioning Kyogo starting as well for Yakamakis. I think, you know, I said on here last week I'd go for a bit of physicality with Yakamakis and Ralston, but I, I still think Kyogo's a better player and a better striker, so I can totally understand why Andrew went with him. Maeda, I can't understand it personally. I mean, I like Abada. I think we all like Abada. I think it's really exciting to see where his career goes because he's so good at such a young age. He's very good when he came on to as a substitute at the weekend again. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, did he get an assist or did it come off another player towards the end, the Yakimakis goal? I um, yeah, I, um, I think possibly it came off a Kelly player, so I think it just went down as a a Jacko goalie yeah. cell, I think, and um, have a wee quick look here. But I think, you know, you can't complain it, you know, a bad plane, but Maeda has been such an important player for us since, he, what would you say, March or April uh, last season? You know, the past five, six months, he's been phenomenal and you know, showed that again at the weekend, the assists that he's contributing with, um, the way he plays in Angie's system, you know, getting in between the full-back and the centre-half, um, playing these balls, uh, you know, this, the, the pace on him, the, the pressure, and, you know, Kelly can't handle our pressure, you know, when you've got guys like Jota, Kyogo and uh, Maeda running at you when you're trying to play out from the back or when you're just trying to sort of get, get a foothold in the game. Um, so, no, I think... Whoever you go with, um, I think, you know, will be absolutely fine uh, 99 times out of 100. But I, I wouldn't go as far to say, you know, I'm disappointed to see Maeda playing or I'm disappointed to see a bad on the bench. You know, we've got several good options and I don't think there's I don't think there's a bad option <coughs> out of those players. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of comments coming in here just where we're talking about Dyson and Maeda. Um, to, to say that, you know, both Kyogo and Maeda, this is Stevie Boy here saying that they made the rest of the game comfortable after seven minutes. That's why they start and the managers trusting them shows. Obviously, Ange Postacoglu knows all about Dyson Maeda. He obviously had him over there in Japan and, you know, he'd, he'd looked at Kyogo as one of the players when he arrived at Celtic that he knew could to make that transition from Japan to Scotland to be a, a, an impact right away. Um, Lawrence, that, that was the first goal top, top goal, um, you know, Anthony's came in in the comments to say everyone is playing with confidence. It's great to see playing the Celtic way. A man who is playing with, with confidence, you know, in abundance is Jota. Um, he's, at first he has that one in the, the halfway line and he, he just kind of tried to scoop it. It's ended up coming back to him, made a pass as a ball to him. He takes a touch, I don't know if it's actually maybe the pitch that helps him there, that he's maybe taking too much here, a touch and he's thinking to himself, why not he scalp this? But my God, does he scalp it? Yeah, you know, it's it's what finish. He's just getting better week and week, isn't he? And maybe part of that's having his future settled. He's now here, you know, permanently. It's not just on loan. He's not wondering, am I going to stay at Celtic to get back to Benfica? So 100% committed to his. He, obviously, uh, I think he had more holidays than Natasha during the close season, and they seem to have a, be bumping into even more Celtic fans than Natasha does. So he's definitely <laughs> got into the club. And, you know, what a goal. It's just week and week. You wonder what, what he's going to come out with. Yeah, some people don't think he's the best player in, in Scotland. 
you know, I think Greg and Callum's probably going to when I'm close, but you know, outside of those three, I'm not too sure who else they'd be talking about. Natasha, um, one of the things I think a lot of Celtic fans picked up on was we cuddle and his wee uh, word in here from Harry Cool at the end of the game, and Alan Roberts is asking in the comments, do you think that possibly maybe this kind of Maybe a new part to Jota's game. I've seen him, you know, have confidence to take these shots on his working with Harry Cole, probably the end out at Lennox Town. Yeah, I think Harry Cole's going to be an excellent addition to the, the backroom staff. Um, it's one thing I recently in a press conference when we had the chance to talk to Callum McGregor, it's one of the things that I asked him about um, was the impact of Harry Cole and what differences he'd made, you know, sort of behind the scenes to the training regime. Because that's something we don't usually get too much of an, an insight to. We know he's there. Um, but it's just interesting to know the sort of difference that he's making. And one thing that Callum did point to um, was that he really worked well with the attacking players and he was bringing a new dimension to what he was teaching them and the experience he was bringing to them and what he was managing to pass on. So it's absolutely no doubt or you know, no surprise to me that Kula is having a brilliant impact on the forward attacking players. And I think we can see it. You know, I think we can see it on the pitch. Previously, I believe that, you know, that was the sort of role that Damien Duff built. Um, and by all accounts, he was an, an excellent coach, particularly for the attacking players. And since he left, I'm not really sure we have had anyone in who really, you know, sort of took up that mantle and fil- filled that position. So it's obviously something that Ange spotted over the course of last season um, and brought in Harry to do that job. And yeah, he's, he's working wonders. Obviously, his ability as a coach has been great, but, you know, the sort of experience he brings as well. And giving Ange someone that he he wanted in. So that seems like a great appointment to me so far. And you can see on the pitch and their performances what it's doing in terms of the attack and football. Yeah, I think it typified the, the heat as well at Kelly, that he was one of the only ones that was we skipped part on, you know, <laughs> even though he comes from the land down under where temperatures are probably a wee bit hotter than what it was at in East Ayrshire um, on Sunday. I think he was even struggling with it with the sun. But yeah, a good addition to the backroom staff and one that I think you'll see you know, further improve players like Jota, probably Abada and, you know, etc. that they've got somebody there who's, you know, played their game, played their part of the pitch. Um and, you know, even though we, we don't have regimented slots of defensive coach, attacking coach, it certainly will be, you know, probably helping develop and, and work with those players. So yep, an exciting one to see how that one develops. But if Jota keeps coming up with these worldies, um each and every game, you know, you're in for a special, special season with him. And it's ever looking likely, Patrick, that we've absolutely robbed been fika for him um, because six million so far looks like an absolute bargain. It does, you know. I don't think they're short of a few uh, a few pennies with that Darwin Nunes money, but you know at the same time, you know Jot is a homegrown talent. He sort of came through the uh, Joao Felix, isn't it? That went to Atletico yeah. Madrid. I think they were pals. Um, and you know he's a he's a Benfica fan. He, he paid tribute to um, one of the, I think it was one of their all time great goal scorers. Where he's a uh, is the wristband after mm-hmm. he scored. So, I, you know, it, it was probably quite sad for him, quite sad for them, but, you know, we've got ourselves a bargain. I think it's, you know, if we can keep holding him for a few years and qualify for the Champions League for a few seasons and he can have a good couple of games in there, I can see him breaking our um, record transfer fee for Tierney because I think, you know, he's, he's an absolutely phenomenal player. Just, he just needs to stay injury-free and needs to, you know, Keep playing his his own game really because he's he's absolutely. Fun. I mean, he's effective going forward and he's exciting to watch. So there's not many players like that, you know. There's guys that can score twenty twenty five goals a season, and you know they're not that exciting to watch. But this guy gets bums off seats, as people say. And you know what a player he's. I would agree that he probably is the best player in Scotland at the minute on form. Yeah, I'm I, I think more of Lawrence's generation Evan Evers, uh, Fernando Chalana, who David Slate was telling me he actually saw play for Benfica at Anfield um, when he was a player there, so yeah, really nice touch that from, from Jota, I know there's been um, some Celtic fans being a bit naughty by changing what was on the, the, the wristband when he put his, his hand up, but a very nice touch um, from, from Jota on that one, um, Lawrence obviously our tagline is about Vultures circling, we've had updates on, you know, Riley, Juranovic, Yakimakis, probably will be more, we will come to it, um, but, but one man I think I wanted to touch on who's came in, he's not a permanent player for Celtic just now, he's only on loan, but it's two goals in two games for big Moritz Jens, and he's already been saying, you know, in his press comments that he wants to be at Celtic, you know, and, and, and be here for 
a permanent basis if he keeps up you know this form um, I'm sure Ange Postacoglu will probably have no doubt in bringing him in and making him a permanent uh, deal yeah I think maybe we'd have went permanent for a, a bit more money I think just now we're, we're in the kind of lonely option to buy market unless we move Julian or a Yeti on but mm. he's just been a mate it's kind of a Raymond Vega-esque start to his career isn't it a goal scoring centre half well now he's scored three games in a row we've scored from corners you know, mm. uh, another attribute. You know, Big Julian is good a player as he was when he was fit. You know, his goal every six games or thereabout. It's definitely something we've lacked since he's been out of the team. So he looks more comfortable on the left hand side of the defence than either Starfelt or, or Welsh have looked when they've played there. So I think it gives a better balance. Yeah. Yeah. Ho- hopefully he keeps it up and we sign him. Yeah. As for the other players being looked at when we're playing as well, there's always going to be people looking at our players, you know, and I think just now it just comes down to the players whether they're happy or not. Ange just said that, you know, he wants people who want to be at the club. It looks as if Ange's creating something special. You know, time will tell if we, how we do in the Champions League group, how special it is. Yeah. And if they're doing well there, you know, why would they want to rush out and leave? Yeah, that's he's meeting a you know a, a place that I think players are happy and want to play their football at they've obviously got that Champions League football um, to offer. Um, but we were on the subject, Natasha, of centre halves. The, the conundrums just get even worse for Ange Postecoglou because we go on Carol Starfield eventually. Um, I think it was his fiftieth game or something for Celtic. Got his first goal. Didn't give up with it. I think it's uh, it's actually quite a decent save from the keeper from the the Vicar's header. That's probably heading in. If he doesn't get his his hand to it. One bite at it, two bites at it, eventually gets him into the net. You see his reaction. And I thought what was really nice was Ange Postacoglu's reaction with the arms up in the air as if, you know, it was a moment that I think, you know, I'd been the, you know, the kind of, it summed up everything that, that Carl Starfield had did for Celtic and it'd been a moment that he'd working towards and been really trying to, to get to. Um, and it was just really nice to see how much he enjoyed that that moment in the game. It was, um, and it was by no means the best goal of the game, given what we've had to choose from. It was, you know, a goal to go 4 nil up in a tie that was very comfortable. But for me, I think it could have been my favourite of, of the five for a, for a few reasons. One, for Carol Starfelt finally getting his, his first goal for Celtic after his massive contribution over the course of the last season. Um, and another reason was just the reaction of everyone around him, um, the reaction of the the players on the pitch, the reaction of the players who were warming up, the reaction of Postacoglu on the bench. I think all that just really showed a real togetherness of the team, um, how happy they all are, how much they all seem to be enjoying their football, how much they seem to be enjoying what we're building here, what we're doing here, and how together they are as a squad, you know, how much they, they like each other, which is important too. You know, it wasn't just the reaction on the pitch, but then, you know, their sort of reaction afterwards on social media and their congratulations for Starfelt and things like that is just really nice and really encouraging to see. And I think that feeds on to the point that we've just been talking about, about, you know, people circling for these players and wanting to perhaps take them away. When they're happy and enjoying their football and enjoying their life at Celtic, that makes it a much more difficult task for anyone to try and remove them from that. And all the signs that we're seeing from the vast, vast majority of the squad <clears throat> is that they are loving their time at Celtic. They look happy on the pitch, which is fantastic. And like Lawrence, Lawrence mentioned, Joanne is building something special here. We're only three games into the season and all the signs are there that it's just going to keep getting better. And I don't know what advice you would have to give someone that would be, you know, this is a good time to, to leave this club on the brink of, of what we're on, you know, in terms of Champions League football, in terms of a, another really good campaign, in terms of a squad that are, absolutely firing in all cylinders three games into a season, you know, playing as well as we are. I mean, there's just so much positivity on the horizon. I can't see that now would be the optimal time for anyone to choose to leave the football club, but particularly, like I touched on, when they seem so happy here. Obviously, you know, money talks. There's always commercial decisions to be made for the club, for the players, for agents. But I don't think, you know, looking at the three names you've sort of highlighted there, you know, O'Reilly, for one, we know his backstory. We knew that he would rather go and train in a public park than take a move for money. He wants to take a move for his football and his career. He seems to be absolutely loving life at Celtic. He'll be very pleased that Jens's best friend is here now, so that keeps mm-hmm. him happy. You know, Juranovic, another one who seems very settled, always talked about as one of the, you know, the more 
loud, vocal, confident, funny players in the dressing room. That's not sort of signs of players who, who want to leave. He's on the brink of a World Cup. You don't go to another club a few months out from that and unsettle your you know your footballing status. Um, so, you know, I don't see these guys going anywhere this window anyway. And like you guys have already touched on earlier, when things are going well and when players are playing well and the club are doing well, of course there's going to be interest. It's a compliment. But I'm confident that we're not going to lose any of the key players of this team. Yeah, but I think you've got, you know, Patrick, you know, just a lot of the things that Natasha says there, I completely agree with. If you, if you think back to, I think it was after, you know, the Sparta Prague game, this was nearly two years ago now, when we got demolished 4 1, and absolutely Neil Lennon himself came out and he mentioned the word culture at the club, but we've had a complete turnaround in that culture at the club two years on nearly, where there's a culture, you know, that's there's a good fuel factor in the place. You have people that believe in the manager. Everyone appears to be working in, in the right direction. That even goes from, from boardroom to manager. You see that with the business that get done in January. Things just now at Celtic are good. Everything's working in the right direction. For any of these players, um, you know, I, I think it would be bad from their perspective to want to get out. And I don't think any of them actually do want to get out. You know, I think Yakimakis, for instance, is really, really happy just now at Celtic. And we all touch on, you know, but Fabrizio Romano said it later on. But, you know, I think there's a reason why, as Natasha said, we're playing well. Those players particularly are, are playing well at the top of their game and there's going to be interest. But at this point in time, Celtic don't need to sell. It'd be daft for Celtic to sell and I think it'd be daft for any of those players to want to leave and none of them do want to leave the football club. Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult with the uh, Premier League teams because, you know, the money, it's like 5x, 10x what we can offer. But, you know, Natasha makes a great point. Why would Jovanovic want to be third choice at Chelsea when he's got a World Cup? To, to go to and like and why would months. anybody want to go to Manchester United as well <laughs> I was just coming on to that um, you know Yakimakis um, I don't think we're in a, we're in a position to sell actually because um, you know after Yakimakis you're probably looking at a Yeti for third choice striker unless I'm somehow forgetting somebody but um, no. no so I don't think we're in a position to sell him obviously if the money's right if someone comes in with 25 million I think he's away but I think, you know, as you've both touched on, there's no cliques in this uh, team. You know, Matt O'Reilly said that. I think it was the end of last season. You touched on just after Sparta Prague. I think um, Lennon and the club were looking at uh, uh, bringing in some sort of common room so that the players can all get to know each other and uh, start socialising with each other. And you think, how daft is that? How can the players not know each other when this squad is so close is what they are? And, uh, you know... Aye, I, th- I think it's a, it's a great position to be in to have a squad that's so good, a manager that's so good, and then the togetherness as well, you know. Uh, and Natasha's right, you know, the, the happiness that you could see from the, the entire squad when Starfield scored that goal, you know, because he's, apart from Hart, I think he's the only one from last season that hasn't scored yet. So, mm. aye, it was brilliant. And, you know, I've seen a comment earlier that we've not really been tested yet. You know, I think Aberdeen, um, you know, we could have got a few more goals, but. Uh, you know, we've got Hearts, Dundee United, Ross County and then the Derby. So we're going to be tested soon. We're going to be testing the coming weeks. You know, Hearts are no longer, so I think they're probably going to finish third again. So um, as good as we are, we need to keep it up because, you know, the tests are coming. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Hearts are going to have something that they're not familiar with that this week playing Thursday, Sunday, something, you know, Celtic are well used to playing European football but before a league game and it'll be interesting to see actually uh, how Robbie Nielsen uh, approaches that. We'll, we'll come to that Hearts game later, but obviously they, they played the, the Swiss champions um, this week, which I think says a lot about FC Zurich. If you think of some of the other you know, clubs in there that we're probably used to seeing in European football, Basel being one of them, obviously. Um, and I'll be interested to see how, how he approaches that game because going Thursday, Sunday, and then Thursday again is going to be difficult for them. Hearts, obviously, unlike the, the, the two top teams in the league don't have as big a squad anywhere near as big a squad as uh, Celtic and our, our nearest challengers so you know it's going to be probably I don't, I would imagine that Robbie Nielsen won't come to Celtic Park playing too strong a side um, so, but yeah they, they've given off to a flyer good victory for them at the weekend over Dundee United but we'll, we'll see how that goes and we'll touch on that game uh, later on but as you say Patrick you know I think even in the grand scheme of things, we're getting a lot of t- tricky ties coming at the way. You know, we'd been caught an Aberdeen team who were coming in after a very league, good League Cup group stage campaign, yes, against lower 
level sides, but you know, Jim Goodwin had went in there, um, he brought in a lot of new signings, they looked as if they were going in there, a real good fuel factor, he went up to Dingwall, which we all know is always a difficult venue, um, pegged back at one each, and you're into you know, the last 10 minutes of the game, we found a way, and I felt the conditions on Sunday, particularly Natasha, you'll know this, you know, being there like every other Celtic fan, two that made the, the, the trip down, they weren't easy, you know, I think even from a spectator's point of view, never mind the football player's point of view, but, but, but how sticky the surface was, had it been watered, um, and everything else that, that goes between that. So I think we have had decent taste up until now, but Patrick, I think as you probably say, hearts to be another challenging taste. We need to go up to Tannadice, I know, you know, 7 0 thumping um, in Europe, and, you know, not a great result of the weekend, but again, it's always a, a tough, tough venue, and I think that week is going to be really, really interesting. We go Tannadice, Dingwall, then we've got the Derby game. I think probably after then, a lot of people will have a really good barometer of where the squad's at, and I expect us to probably come through that um, unscathed and, and looking good. So we'll look forward to those games, but it's one game at a time, which I'm sure Ange Postacoglu's uh, focus is bang on to. Um, Lawrence, seeing that grand scheme of things, talking about you know the amount of games that we're going to play, that the tests that are going to come up, I think something that's benefiting us latterly in games just now as the five substitutes. Now, when Sunday we brought on Starfield, Abada, Aaron Moy, Georges Giacomakis and James Forrest. Um, for other clubs in the league, probably a, an unfair advantage to, you know, as I say, the teams with the bigger squads. But I think this is something that's really benefiting Celtic at this point in time. Yeah, you know, we've got quality and depth. So they're not going to have the same quality in the first 11 and at falls, they're not going to have the same quality on the bench. The style we play, you know, never mind just standing in that heat was pretty tiring. Uh, it's got to knock our teams out. So when the likes of Abada comes on, you know, if you're a defender, you've got to face somebody with his pace. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be scary for you. But listen, these are the rules. It's it's five subs. And seems to make the best use of them. He knows how how you do it well. Uh, well obviously, staff help come on. Hopefully, Jens isn't out. Out injured. Hopefully, he's going to be okay. But yeah, we're making good use of subs, you know, and, and I think that's part of the style and Angie's players, isn't it? You know, you're expecting five out of the front six to be changed, four or five out of them to be changed. It was interesting to see Moy come on and push Callum further forward. I always like to see Callum play a wee bit further forward. So, yeah, you know, it's the rules. Everyone plays with, well, I was going to say everyone in football plays within the rules, but maybe that's too general a statement. But, uh, yeah, you know, you've got to use it to your advantage. You know, we're playing within the rules and I don't think there can be too many complaints about that. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, I found Pippers watching. Good, good afternoon to him. Um, Natasha, but on that, you know, the five subs and one player who I was actually quite impressed with, it, I know as Colin was talking about yesterday, was um, Aaron Moy and, and that's something that's came in here. I think with the game time and his legs at this point in time, he's starting to just get up to, to speed a wee bit and I think again, you know, there was questions around his side and certainly not from, from my part. Um, I really enjoyed his press conference that Fan Media did uh, with him and I thought, you know, it was a, a good player to get in and probably I think, as I said a couple of weeks ago, had uh, the situation with COVID and whatnot in China, in China not being the case, Celtic would be looking at paying five or six million for him, you know. I, I think at this point in time, with with game time, Aaron Moy, probably over the course for Celtic, is going to be an important player. And how did you think he did when he came on on Sunday? 
Good, yeah, I'm with you. I thought he was, you know, a, a good signing from the start. I think he's the sort of player that we didn't really have, um, which makes him a good addition to the squad. And above all, Ange thought he was going to be a good addition to the squad, so I'm happy with that. Um, and I think he looked really good. I think, again, he's getting better. A lot of people were very quick to judge him on a 15-minute performance, you know, at home to Aberdeen at the start of the season. But he needed time. He hadn't played a lot of football. He needed to get up to speed. And it had, you know, he's only had you know cameo appearance here and there, and already for me, he's shown like you know he's coming on leaps and bounds. I thought he was very assured when he came on um, at the weekend. I thought he did a really good job of just sort of shoring up that role, that centre of the park, and giving the players around about him a little bit more freedom. His passing was spot on, as the comments that are, that are coming up are saying. He didn't misplace a misplace a pass. You know, he's that he was very reliable, got about his job very securely. And I think again, like Lauren's touched on, it gives Callum McGregor a bit more freedom, which is a good thing. So I think he's gonna be an important player for us, particularly when you've mentioned there, you know, the, the use of the five substitutes. If we need someone to to come on and just sort of, you know, see a game out, show up the midfield, give some of the other players a bit of a breather, then he's gonna be absolutely perfect for that. And depending on the sort of game he is it is, then maybe he's a he's a starter and you know, a bit further down the road. So, yeah, equally very impressed with Moy. I think he'd be a very handy player to have. And, yeah, our bench is just so strong, isn't it? You know, what you feel for other teams when they look at the starting eleven they have to play and then they look at the bench, you know, and you've spent the full game going up against Jota or Maeda and it gets to the 70th minute and you're exhausted chasing their shadows and what we do is turn around and bring on the Alabada. I mean, that must be demoralising for any, any full-back so, yeah, I think that the rule does benefit us. There's absolutely no doubt. But, you know, it can go one of two ways. You know, I think I've seen it used some teams, even us in the past previously, where having so many substitutes can sort of disrupt the style of play a yeah. little bit. Kill a game of it. Yeah, when you, you're, you're trying to do a bit too much, change too much, it just doesn't quite click again. And you have that sort of, you know, transition period where it's not quite working and the new players coming on are sort of still trying to gel into the game, into the team. So it can happen, you know, against us as well. But I think the more what we see now is that we don't have this sort of starting 11 and then a massive drop-off where, you know, bringing any of these players on who aren't at the standard of the 11 that are on the pitch is naturally going to have a slightly disruptive effect to the football that's been played. The difference for us is that the majority, if not all of the players on our bench, are at that level. So they're, you know, coming in absolutely seamlessly to what we're doing and it isn't disrupting the play at all. So what, now that we've managed to get that sort of clicking, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's something that Ange said at the, the press conference that we were at earlier in the year um, when we were talking about things like Kyogo or Giacomakis or both. You know, his view was that he didn't have, you know, a, a best 11 or, you know, a best anything. He had a squad of, you know, 22, 24 players, however many he sees and he uses them as required throughout the game and throughout the season. Um, and what he's able to do is, is rely on all of them to to do what they need to and do their job to the level that he expects when they come on. And yeah, it's just a, a really strong position to be in and really speaks to the, the strength and depth that we have um, that, that other clubs don't. Yeah, and you know, again, we're missing Rio Hitati at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Yusuke Adeguchi, we've not seen probably as much as we'd like to see of him hopefully when he comes back he eventually gets that bit of run in the team but you know that wasn't even a bench it probably full compliment um, on Sunday and you see the strength and depth well, yeah th- there's a lot there in that but you know it's just how you manage that which I think as you see Natasha Angie's already been quite spot on about you know our, our tagline says you know about that and keep the players happy which he said you know after the uh the Aberdeen game, it's not his job to do that. They're at Celtic Football Club. If they're not already happy with that, then he doesn't know what happiness is. So he's pretty clear on that. You know, it, players, I think, know within that dressing room, Patrick, chances will come. Um, one man who is definitely probably in that position just now is Georges Giacomakis. He comes on at the weekend, scores an absolute cracker. Again, you know, probably saying to Moritz Jens, anything you can do, I can do just as well as you, probably. Um, it's another great overhead kick. We know he quite likes these. And I watched his uh, interview with Ryan Maher last week on the Celtic View podcast. And everything just now for Georgie Shakamakis seems to be going nice. Um, again, probably the, the side him that we've not seen in football. His, his wife, obviously, he's just had a, a newbie baby. It's still over in Geese just now, so he's been himself. He says that he needs them with him. They, are, they, they give him everything. And life, he's looking forward to them joining him back here. 
So, you know, for him, I think a new family, very young, um, you know, baby just coming over to Scotland, it won't want to be disruptive. And just to read out this Fabrizio Romano tweet, um, he said this morning, um, at 20 to 5 for any of the late, uh, the early risers, uh, there were clubs interested in Georges Yakimakis as he's doing great with Celtic. Also approached by Premier League clubs in the last few days. I think what's important to note in here is we're not actually getting any clubs named, much like the Juranovic stuff that we got. Um, Celtic have absolutely no intention to sell him. This is a really important point in it. Untouchable. I think Jose Shakimakis is most certainly at this point in time, Patrick, untouchable. Yeah, uh, I think him and Kyle were both untouchable, you know. <clears throat> Two fantastic players, two guys great at leading the line. Very different players, very different strikers, but both, you know, they're always putting up with goals. Um, you know, that you would never say that they're playing badly. You know, they do their jobs well and their jobs are very different when they're both playing. Um, you know, it's it's interesting there just how much family means to him. You know, he's obviously... You know, not every player adapts to a country when they move to a different team. Not every player can settle as quickly, you know. Obviously, it took him a while to come into the team, but obviously his family means up quite a lot to him. And it's a difficult period for any player. You know, what is he, 26 or 27? Having a newborn baby. So it's a big time in his life on and off the pitch, you know. So it, it's nice to know that he's untouchable. It's nice to know that we're almost certainly not going to sell him. You know, I don't know why we would sell him. I think we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot a wee bit. We've not lost, we've not left ourselves any time to replace him. Um and yeah, I think you can put that down to paper talk, much like the Ivanovic stuff. You know, there's no numbers involved. There's barely any teams involved. You know, Celtic haven't received any bids. You know, Ivanovic was a bit stronger because there was, you know, two clubs named. But I don't know. I think, you know, un- unrelated to Celtic, I think uh, Fabrizio Romano, he's, he's changed tack a wee bit this summer. He's sort of tweeting anything and everything, whereas he was only tweeting confirmed stuff in the past. So... You know, it's how much can you read into that? I don't know, but it's good to know that he's untouchable and, uh, you know, we all know his ability, so delighted to have him around. Yeah, and Lawrence, you know, on that point of him being untouchable, you know, Yakimakis, probably much like Kyogo as well. I don't think Kyogo will think, you know, every week I'm going to start here for Celtic, but they both know that chances are going to be given to them, um, which I think says a lot about the Celtic squad at this point in time. And it's why I don't think any of our big hitters are going to depart this summer unless you're talking complete silly money, which even then, um, if it's late on, I don't think Ange Postacoglu would be entertaining. Listen, a lot will come down to players, but you know the scouting department seems to be doing a cracking job at the company, so I'm sure that you know that they've not, not stopped working. They'll still be scouting players for every position at the moment. Uh, so... You know, if someone was to come in and offer you thirty million for you, Jack and Marcus, I, I think Celtic would bite the hand off. But for the position, we don't need to sell, and it, it, a lot of it would come down to the would come down to the player. But both him and Kyogo both know they're going to get minutes every week if both are fit. They know there's going to be a change at some point. And geez, you know, if you're a centre half and you've been Kyogo's been giving you the run around and hard to pick up, the last thing you need is Jack and Marcus going on when you're knackered to it's just going to bully you. It is, you know, I'm just building a squad because it is a squad game now, especially with the five subs, and it's working well for us. Yeah. We're not wishing anyone away, but, you know, we're not desperate for money. If they're going to try and take a player, it's going to cost them proper money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit like we got from Frimpong, who may be giving us another wee bonus since, apparently. You know, if he gets his Barcelona move. So, yeah, it's... We've got a decent squad just now. If somebody comes in with silly money, you know, we need to consider it. And you'd be speaking to your scouting team and saying, right, who have you got lined up? If we take this, who is it that would come in? Natasha, that's probably one of the, the most positive things that we've actually had under Angin that um, I go back to, to January with, with all the chat around Rayleigh McGree. It looked as, old, as if oh, this move's going to go through, you know, Aussie player, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't happen right away. Matt O'Reilly appears. I, again, I don't think there's any kind of coincidence that the man standing to O'Reilly's right as part of, you know, base management sports. We know about Ange Postecoglou's relationship with Frank Trimbley and all the stuff he's did in the background at Celtic at this point in time. You probably do have confidence that if any of the big cutters were to go, you'd replace them. But I just can't see that happening this summer. 
Yeah, I think the one thing that has really changed this season compared to previous seasons, uh, well, a lot of things have changed, but one of the key things is that the recruitment has been absolutely spot on. Um, you know, you, you look at all of our previous seasons, the previous windows, you look who we've brought in, half of them at least have failed. Um, and you look back and think that wasn't a great signing or that didn't work out for whatever reason. You look at everyone that's been brought in under Postacoglu's tenure and you think, you know, they've all been absolutely fantastic. So he or his team or whoever he's working with can spot a player, which is a really good thing to have because like Lawrence has mentioned, no player is completely unsellable for a club like Celtic. We're in the good position, we don't have to. But, you know, commercially, you get a ridiculously high offer for someone, you're going to think about it and eventually you're going to take it. So what we need to have is trust in the process that we can then replace that person. And probably more so than I ever remember, I have trust in the setup from, you know, the scouting department to the management department, even to the board who have been funding these transfers. I've got faith that they will be replaced. Whereas previously, when we lost some of our key players, you know, you're even looking back to, you know, players like Kieran Tierney, Mm-hmm. there was a real fear that we weren't going to replace them. And a lot of the time we didn't. So, you know, that that was the concern back then. Now that concern somewhat alleviated by the people we've got in at the helm. And it's, it's a good position to be in. Obviously, don't want to lose anyone. You know, like Anne just mentioned before, we're building this nice house. Um, the house is still under construction. You don't start ripping up the deck as you're building the house. Um, so, yeah, I want to keep them all together when the time comes that some of them have to eventually move on because that's the nature of football and the nature of the club, then, yeah, I've got confidence that we'll replace well. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, the point that, that Lawrence mentioned there, Patrick, I think could possibly feed into you know deals maybe late on um, in the window, just to kind of give you a, a wee quote here from from Ange Postacoglu. He'd said that in terms of incomings, we are still active. There's one or two areas that I would like to bring in but it has to be the right sort of players. We are definitely still active and looking at what options may be available in general. I think this transfer window is going to be pretty hectic in the last couple of weeks. I suggest there could be some opportunities there for us and in terms of outgoings, there are players who aren't getting a lot of opportunities. What do you make of that? Um, I expect a few to go and a few to come in. Um, You know, I think he said one or two incomings, so, you know, hopefully one or two players... Um, probably not going to be first team players this late on but I think we could maybe do with other, another attacking midfielder um, that's maybe a place I'd like us to strengthen um, you know I think obviously we'll come on and talk about it we, we might be needing another left back um, and then in terms of outgoings you, you know you've got the obvious ones you've got Julian and Ayeti um, you know Soro and Barkas have went out on loan and I think I'm right in saying that's most of the dead would away because we sold ball and goalie so I think you know, hopefully if we can get those two off the books. You know, I, I yet he's never really done it. Um, I was a big fan of Julian. I thought he was a cracking player. Um, you know, the beginning of that second season under Lane, and he got injured, then he got injured again, and he's he's coming he's coming he's came out with a few things in the press. Ange obviously hasn't agreed with. He's not seen much game time, and his time's obviously up. Um, so you know, there'll be big earners. We probably won't get a fee, but it's definitely time to move on. So. Not massive business, but you know you can sort of you know tidy up the window if you want to use a term like that and get people off the wage bill. Yeah, interesting one. Obviously, you've touched on uh, left back there. Obviously, news came out yesterday. Just to kind of read the the statement that came out from Police Scotland was a 21 year old man was arrested in the early hours of uh, Monday morning, um, August 15th, in Glasgow City Centre. It is believed that that was Alexander uh, Bernabe. Obviously, this Lawrence will come to you in this one. It's still much under. Um, investigation. Bernabe was released from custody yesterday. He will appear in court at a later date. I think, you know, from a Celtic fan's perspective, anything that Ange Postacoglu decides in this, I think majority of people have faith for, for Ange to, to handle the situation uh, the way he sees appropriately. Yeah, you know, the, the club will carry out you know, whatever discipline they think is appropriate. Something everybody would rather wouldn't happen, especially the lad himself, I'm sure. You know, he's, he's settling into a new country, probably the, the, the last thing he needs is a, is a wee in. But, you know, we'll move on. I don't think it will greatly disrupt the squad. You know, he, he's been brought in. I can't see him shifting Taylor with, with the form Taylor's in, so it, it's not going to be hugely disruptive to us. I don't think it's... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A major issue, you know, what's been reported that, that he's done, you know, with Rally Hand done it, but, you know, it, it's a mistake, you'll learn. There's other players that have done that, similar mistakes in the past and went on to great careers for us. Natasha, are you much in the, the kind of the same opinions I said there that you know complete faith in Angie Postecoglou to to manage the situation however he sees best fit? Obviously, I think the players will be back in training at Lennox Town t- today, and you know the club will carry out whatever uh, they see fit to to handle the situation that occurred. Yeah, I mean exactly. Um, as always, I'll trust Angie's judgment on this one. Um, I don't think he'll be the type of manager who takes these things particularly well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he probably has damaged his, his career at Celtic by doing this. So um, early on in the start of it, it's not good. Um, he was always going to struggle to get a game before Taylor, you know, when Taylor's in the form that he's in. And I think he's made that task virtually impossible for the for the foreseeable anyway. Um, and this is on top of, you know, a few things you, you hear about Burnaby. And of course, stress it is all, all rumours and things like that. But, you know, there is the potential that he's not the best fit in the dressing room that has you know the bit of a an issue there in terms of personality and attitude and commitment and things like that and that was happening long before this instinct came out over the the weekend and you, you can almost see it in the fact that you know he hadn't been getting very much game time you know there's a lot of opportunities where someone can be you know brought on even even the game at the weekend you know we were four nil up we were cruising a lot of players come on for, you know, 15 minutes here and there and still Burnaby wasn't getting a look in at that um, and he hadn't been, you know, previously either. So it was slightly concerning. There, there did seem to be some reason that he wasn't getting any game time at all. Um, obviously, Taylor playing really well, but you, you, there's potential in all of these games so far to have given Taylor a bit of a break and give Burnaby some much-needed game time. So he wasn't getting that um, and there's a reason for that. And then this has happened. So I think he's probably really damaged his you know, potential of getting game time you know, in the foreseeable. But as ever, we, we trust the club to deal with it. He's not the first player to, to have done this. He won't be the last, unfortunately. Um, and we trust the club to go through the relevant um, processes and, and Ange to ultimately make the call on what happens here. But yeah, probably, like we've already discussed in, in the show that the team look great, you know, you know, in terms of their personalities, their fit, their culture. It's just all working really well right now. Um, we don't need any disruption to that. We don't need anyone to, you know, take away from that. But Andrew's the one who works in the backroom team, are the ones who work with them all day in, day out. They'll know the potential impact. They'll know how to um, minimise it and what they need to do to make sure that that culture and everything within the background stays as it needs to be. Um, and they'll make the call. So we'll see what happens on that one. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It, it won't go away probably, you know, for a, a matter of months though until Alexander Bernabe goes up in court and whatnot. But yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll have an idea of where this goes in the, the coming weeks. But I think, you know, while it's still ongoing, Patrick, it's just based to, that I've said a bit on it now, it was there to, to be discussed um, and we'll move on for it and um, we'll see what happens. Back to back to the squad. Um, Lawrence, you touched on earlier, Jeremy Frimpong, 
you know that Barcelona are reported to be one of the teams that are interested in him. Patrick, do you think there could be any kind of leeway given it? I read today, um, and I feel really sorry for Mr. Dembele on this, that Manchester United are possibly pursuing him. Um, Leon, this comes from somebody, as you know, that likes Man United, but, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be going there if, you know, probably I was offered anything in the world if I was a football player at this point in time. But for, for Mr. Dembele, from what I've read from a French press yesterday, that, that Leon has contract runs out next year, and they're basically either wanting players to commit their future to the club or they're going this year and they've all shifted them out. He finished their top goal scorer last year. Obviously, uh, Lacazette's went back there from, from Arsenal. So there's probably questions about whether how much game time Dembele will get. But do you think that possibly if we see Dembele and Frimpong go for big money, but we know that from both deals there is what was described in the press yesterday as a cast iron sell-on fee. Celtic would benefit from both deals. Do you think that could possibly put an extra few shekels in Ange Postacoglu's transfer budget? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I don't think it should be something that we're banking on because I think the English window shuts all an hour before ours does. So, you know, these deals can go through the last minute and you know, we shouldn't be banking on this sort of stuff. But it could definitely give us an extra, you know, a few, a few million quid. Um, I think... I'm not sure how strong it is in comparison to the two that you mentioned, but I know Tierney has been linked with Man City. And then, you know, I don't know if we've even got a selling fee with him, but, you know, if, if three players... There is. Um, is there, mate? Yes. If these three players go and, you know, they'll go for significant money if we're going to Man City, Man United and Real Madrid, um, you know, Celtic could get, you know, what, 5, 10, 15 million. You just don't know. And um, I think, you know... Frimpong to Real Madrid, you know, I've not been watching a lot of Bayer Leverkusen, that seems a bit of a stretch, but I think, you know, Moussa at Man United and Tierney at Man City, they would slot in perfectly in the first 11, so definitely realistic signings. Um, you know, I I think Moussa will want to make a move at some point, so if he signs a contract, I'm not sure he can do that, so he'll probably want to move somewhere. You know, I know West Ham are linked as well, so um, I, I can see he's getting a couple of million from the uh, from at least one or two of these guys leaving. Um, I need to leave early for work, so I'll see you all next Tuesday. <laughs> that uh, was well done, <laughs> by the way. That was very well done. No, thanks for joining us again. Is there a sell-on um, fee? Uh, there a sell-on fee? <laughs> yeah. Right, Patrick, we'll catch you later on. Lawrence, we'll come to you um, on that there. Do you think there is possibly potential that if we do see some former sales moving on with the, the sell-on fee included in their contracts um, there might just be a wee bit extra leeway for Ange Postacoglu towards the end of this window or do you think um, we'll still be pursuing the, the type of deals that you had mentioned earlier with that kind of loan with the option to buy which of course has benefited Celtic well so far under Ange For us it's, you know, it's not just the initial outlay it's, it's the wages you're committing to longer term as well but you know it, it, any money, extra money coming in you've got to decide how to spend it or where to invest it Moussa to Man U, I bet you Man U would love him. Would he like I would Man love him. U? I'm not too sure. I, I think don't he's a so. Champions League player. Would it really develop his career? He's got a year left. Leon, I six months' time, he can sign for free and get a bumper contract somewhere. You know, it would need to be a huge offer for Man United to take him. I don't know if it'd be a particularly good career move for him. I don't want to get him tearing up the English Premiership. I've no doubt it'd be a success, but is Man United the team to do that with? I think he'd be moving there with an eye, eye to move on again within a couple of years if he did go to Man U. Could see Tierney to, to City and Frimpong to Barcelona. Could definitely see that, bringing in some cash. You, you, you know, that's our business model, isn't it? That's why you put in the, the sell-on fees. We expect to get something year on year. You know, if you're selling players regularly with sell-on fees, we expect to get something back. Where would we invest it? I, I think only Patrick, another attacking midfielder and, and another striker. Yeah. Uh, but you know we've got to move a Yeti and, and Julian. I think that's got to be also a focus because I, I don't think they're lending anything to the squad, and it probably takes a wee bit away from the atmosphere. Not so much a Yeti. You've not really heard him making noises. I think Julian's made a few, which I don't think lends anything to it or, or, or helps his reputation with, with Celtic fans. So I, I think it's better if we we kind of move those two out and yeah then look to replace. But other players that, that we might look to move, Scott Robertson, Ollie Shaw, I'm not too sure where they're going to fit in. 
So you, you, you know, there's a few other players that we, that we could move on because I think Robertson's had you know a couple of decent loan spells, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen for him at Celtic. In which case, you know, it's maybe time to move him on. Yeah, absolutely. For their careers to develop, also, um, not just from Celtic, from a, a wage per- perspective. Um, just on those, Natasha. You know, it'd be good if that did happen. I think one of the things that I'd picked up from uh, some of the comments that Andrew said. This is probably not a exact position that we're maybe looking at. I think he's spoken about a flexibility in position and looking at somebody that can probably play more than one position in the team just to add that wee bit of extra depth to the squad, which probably goes back to that deal where uh, had Banakovic, the, the boyfriend of Ben Kazan, that we knew could play in either wing or as an attacking midfielder. I think that's going to be the type of player that we go from, go for, sorry, that it's not just, you know, he plays left wing and, and that's it. I think you'll probably be looking at somebody who's a bit more flexible than that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the sort of player that Ange likes. He likes player to team the squad, and we see that with the players that he has and the players that he's brought in. Um, you know, you just have to look at players like Maida and Jota, Kyogo, Abada. They do all have that sort of ability to play across those attacking positions, um, which is great in terms of how we line up and what we can do, and great for being able to be flexible throughout the, the game in terms of, you know, switching people across those front positions and keep the opposition guessing. Obviously, we all have our own opinion about, you know, who's better on the left and the right, but being able to have that to, to be mixed up is, is a good thing. So I think if we are bringing someone in, then, yeah, it would be great if he fitted the system in terms of the fact that he could do that as well. Um I think what we're seeing with Posta Coglu now is that he's relatively happy with the squad, um, as we all are, really. You know, the squad is good. They're in a really strong position. We addressed the the key areas we wanted to address. Um, and, you know, it's looking good. You know, we're, we're pretty solid. If we had to, you know, go for the rest of the season with only the players that we've got in our squad right now, I think we're in a pretty great position. But, you know, Ange doesn't stop. He he continues looking. There's still time in the transfer window to go. So if there is anybody who comes onto our radar that can improve what we've got, who's you know can add to the setup we have, then then great. Um, you know, if he wants a couple more, he probably does. But if we have to go with what we've got, probably okay as well. So I think it's more a case of you know not particularly targeting you know specific areas like you said, Dick. It's more of a case of looking at what's out there and. You know what's a good deal for us, and thinking, are they the quality who I can bring into to the squad and add to who I've already got? Um, and if we can find them, then that's great. And if they can be fluid across a few positions, even better, because that simply gives value for money. So we'll see. Um, I'm relatively happy with where the squad are at, but always welcome a few new additions at the right level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think you know, as we've spoken about before. We're fighting in four fronts this season. That includes European football. You know, Ange Postecoglou will be looking for us to to progress and not be the the whipping boys in there that we've been before, and in the Champions League, um, it'll look to try and get past European football. I'm sure past uh, past Christmas and be looking to try and be competitive. You know, if it's you know, be great if it was the last sixteen of the Champions League, but that might be asking too much at this point in time, especially being in especially being in pot four, but you never know. Um, I'd be more than happy that as long as we're, we're at that Europa League and we can try and get that, that dead weight that we've got of the not winning a, a, a tie um, over two legs since 2004, I think that's probably something that is certainly achievable for, for Celtic and something that we should be trying to get off our, our back. Um, just before we, we wrap up, um, two happy birthdays today. Josip Juranovic, happy birthday to him. Um, hopefully we'll be celebrating many more of Jura's birthdays as a Celtic player. And also a uh, happy birthday to our good friend, uh, John Fallon, 82 years of age today. Lawrence, I know you know Big John very well. Like what myself. a cracking guy. Hopefully Absolute many more years sale, of know? that to come, you know, yeah. 82 today. What a, what a man, eh? He's just, just, just brilliant, Big John. And his stories, you know, it's you know a living legend, isn't he? He's seen it all at the club. He's just just an amazing, amazing big guy. But uh, to go to go back to to Europe, you know, this is what this is going to be personally exciting for Ange. This is where he sees his career leading. Can Ange Ball cut it in the Champions League? And I think I think we all want to see it happen. I think some people will be a bit that's nervous. You're going, oh, we can't leave the gaps. We might get hammered. But you know that's what? That's you leaving us. 
there with that question, by the way. Mate, I think we should have confidence in it. It's the way the team are playing. I think we've got to believe in our football. You know, it says it. We go out there. We know our football and we play our football. And, uh, you, you know, last 16, I can see it happening. <laughs> yeah, listen, why not? Um, if I could play that EastEnders tune at the end of the show, I probably would do that. <laughs> yeah, listen, the, the, the draw is... It's less than 10 days now. Next Thursday, obviously, we're in the draw. We can sit back, look forward to who we're getting. Um, we, we know where we are in the, the, the draw and it'll be interesting to see who we get on. If we add a few more additions um, after that, that'd be quite nice. Um, you never know what might get us moving if we end up with, with some of the real, real big hitters. But uh, listen, there's, there's teams in there who's going to give us a real good challenge. There'll be some in there who they might be looking at and thinking, no chance, but Hey ho, Ange Postacoco's full of surprises. Um, to, to close, thanks as always to all our usual uh, contributors in, in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. If you've been watching, please do like and subscribe. I think we're at just over nineteen thousand subscribers on YouTube. It would be great to get to to twenty thousand. That would be a great milestone for Axon. So please do subscribe. And um, Paul has been promoting the gig this Friday. The last I checked, there was twenty five tickets left. It would be great if I checked. Thursday. Sorry, Thursday. Yeah, Let don't send them there the wrong day, Dick. <laughs> you know? Don't worry. They would have been sent to Twitter for it because if they've not bought their tickets yet, they've been checking that out. Just to check out, there was 25 tickets left remaining earlier. Yep, 25 tickets left. The details are on Paul John's Twitter page there. Um, Glass Vegas, obviously, the headliners this Thursday. That is Thursday. Sorry for that. Um, the old diary's not what, in the head's not what it used to be. Priced at £15 through and leaf. So please do check that out. There is limited tickets. I mean, hey-ho, they might already be gone, but please do check that out. Class Vegas, obviously big Celtic supporters like yourselves. So as always, thanks to everyone for joining us. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.